0: Hello Hanyaks, welcome back to another Write-In Wednesday edition of the podcast, We're coming at you live from OKC, it's not really live, it's pre-recorded, it's fine, but got some good questions, got some good stuff, first and foremost I want to just do housekeeping, catch up to speed, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for a few more episodes, but if you did miss the 300 episode live stream extravaganza, that's all mouthful, I know. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. I unboxed the official Axe of the Rambling Viking podcast handmade by my brother-in-law and assisted in that by my father-in-law. It is incredible. It says Head Honyak on the head of the axe. It is really, really cool. So if you missed that, go check it out or you can just go check out on the Instagram or on the YouTube page the clip of me unboxing the axe and what it's like when a Viking gets a surprise axe as a gift. So... Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff to get to before we dive into all the questions and the write-in stuff. I uh, obviously, I think we're going to, I'm not going to spend too much time here, but I think if anyone who's paying attention at all, you will have seen that there is serious potential now and indication that Roe v. Wade is under attack and may be overturned, which of course me being staunchly pro-life is an incredible development. Now, there's the obvious concerns with the leak, you know, rare, almost never occurrence, really never happens is a leak out of the Supreme Court and how that's kind of an attack on the Supreme Court a little bit and should be a little bit concerning. But uh, when something that threatens the left, like overturning Roe v. Wade happens, then, you know, it's kind of expected as... Uh, to happen a little bit, you know, these sort of things. I I think we are strapping in for a fight, uh, one heck of a fight. So we need to prepare ourselves because that's what you're going to see. You're going to see things ramp up leading up to this decision and things are going to get, things are going to get wild, but I'm hopeful that it will be overturned. And what I'm going to touch on here is we're not going to dive into the abortion topic. um, uh, While, even though I've been meaning to revisit it, that would be that that'll be a whole episode in and of itself. I might release a bonus week bonus weekend episode or something. I because it doesn't really fit into my current schedule, so we might do that. Let me know what you think, but I'm going to do a whole episode where I dive into that and get um kind of give all my thoughts because I think the last time I talked on it was like episode 40 or 50, like it was we weren't even in the hundreds yet and I talked about it. So it's been a couple years and I know some of my views of not been updated, but I think I, I know more now and I have and I have better arguments now and can articulate that. And in light of this, I think it's very topical to do an episode on that. But all I'll say about that before we dive into everything right in Wednesdays is basically that uh, whether, no matter where you fall on this issue, it's important to understand the context of Roe v. Wade is when you dive into it and look at it from a legal precedence and how the ruling was made, it was kind of... Eh, it was kind of an erroneous ruling. And, and the mental gymnastics that had to happen by the court in order to make the Roe v. Wade decision were, it it really, in terms of the ruling itself, it's it's a bad ruling in law. And you might say, well, I'm biased. Well, that's fine. Go look at it for yourself though. And really just try and look at the ruling and the way it was done. It really doesn't hold up, hold that much water. It's kind of a bucket full of holes, but Secondarily, too, I think you're seeing a lot of the reaction and pushback that are against Roe v. Wade being overturned to be acting as if abortion is now no longer going to be um, done in this country. And that's just simply patently false because really... What you what what it would do? What Roe v. Wade does is it prevents abortion from being outright banned in states, and it basically federally says this is a protected thing federally that you can't restrict, and you can you can restrict only so much, and. Um, however, though states can kind of be as liberal as they want in some ways. And that's why you see certain States, Colorado, and I think New York's done it where it's like all the way up until birth. Now those, I will admit to be fair, those are more rare, but allowing that I think gets us into absolutely abhorrent territory. Now I believe abortion is in and of itself abhorrent, but I'm willing to have, um, I think, I think it's, I think most people agree when you get to like partial birth or like, up through the full nine months abortion, like that is absolutely um, horrendous. And that's, that's a a totally different level while I think it's all on the same level, but that's not a discussion for this episode. So all it would be doing is overturning the federal almost protection for it. So, and it's about a 50, 50 split. When you look at the States, Oklahoma now kind of championing, 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 geez, the pro-life movement becoming arguably the most pro-life state in the nation, which I of course love, but it's about 50 50. So you're still going to have about half the States and it's kind of interesting map. It's kind of like Southern and central are the more pro-life. And then as you go coastal, it gets more, um, we'll call it pro-choice or pro-abortion. And so you you still have over around half the states that would allow abortion and probably even open up abortion even more than it is already. So all this would be doing is it's kicking it back to the states, which things not enumerated in the constitution, which the Roe v. Wade decision was first of all derived a right to privacy and then, and then extrapolated that to a right to privacy of a woman to make decisions like this between her and her healthcare provider. And so it's kind of, it's a real, it's a, it's a real stretch two times over to get to that point. And so that's why what kind of makes it a bad ruling when it's like all all things not kind of enumerated in the constitution are to be kicked back to the states it's federalism and so then it's up to the states to decide for themselves how they want to govern that. And I'm a big fan of pushing things back to the local level because you're going to have communities that are like, we don't want abortion here. And so they should be able to say we don't want abortion. And currently, what you may not know, is a lot of our tax dollars actually end up going to abortion services. And so we, in a lot of ways, have tax-funded abortion. And to me, I, I, I say when you look at that on either side, it really should be fair to be like, no, that should not, because that's compulsory um, compulsion and to, to support abortion. And to me, it's like, look, we should respect that about half the country thinks abortion is wrong or should be severely limited because right now it is not. And right now it's abortion really for any reason at all. And so anyone who tries to talk like, Oh yeah, I want it limited. Well then, okay, let's have a conversation about, about severely limiting it. If you still want it to be marginally available. And then usually the pushback is when you really dig into the details of having that discussion, a lot of times pe- you'll find that people really, they say they want it to be limited, but they, their, their logic and their actual feelings about it don't, don't project that and don't see that to fruition of like, oh, you actually really don't want it to be limited. And that's why a lot of times people bring up rape and I'm like, that's fine. Then if, let's just humor you and let's say let's say, okay, let's limit it to rape and incest. And you know what that does? That'll, that would decrease according to the statistics. It would decrease by like 98, 99% of the 2300 abortions roughly that are had a day. And then if you say, okay, fine, well, let's just, let's just do that. Let's make it. So it's only in those cases. And then I would argue that a lot of people in that discussion then would say, well, I don't know about that. And it's like, okay, well then, If you're, if that's going to be your cornerstone of your argument is that what about rape and incest, then you should be, you should be open to the idea of it only being available in rape and incest. And it's dishonest and disingenuous, but I'm getting too deep into this. So really my linchpin is like, I think it's a good thing. I think whether you fall on either side in general, I would say we should be against bad court rulings and we should be for more federalism, meaning states can kind of regulate themselves. And that's where awkwardly ready, you might find me in favor of the kind of the decriminalization at the federal level of marijuana and leave it to the states to say, we're going to, we're going to make it recreational. We're not going to make it because you see that already and you see that playing out. And so I'm a fan of that personally, because I'm like, look, if you live in a place that's more pro-life and a place that's less pro-life, then They should be able to regulate themselves that way because we are a union of states that differs, that differs quite, that differs across the spectrum in a lot of different beliefs. And that's kind of the beauty of our country is because you can live where you want to live and go to the policies you want to have. And it's not just all uniform nationally. So that's what's happening in the news. Obviously, I would love to know any and all thoughts you might have. If you wanted to come on and discuss the topic with me, you're more than welcome to. I plan on doing a a revisiting of abortion and particularly in light of a lot of these circumstances coming up and doing a full episode on that. So if you have any input or any um, arguments you want me to look at or just any points you want to throw in there and questions you want to pose, anything and everything related to the topic at hand or Roe v. Wade or just abortion in general, please send them in soon because I'm probably going to be recording that this week, maybe releasing it this weekend, if not Maybe the following weekend. I don't know because I'm still working out. Because now with my structured episodes, it's not just well whatever I want to talk about next episode. I got to write in Wednesdays. It's it's guests are on Fridays and it's me on Mondays. I only get one a week. Selfishly, you know me. I could talk so much more than that. So I'm kind of struggling right now on whether I should do. A random you know weekend Sunday special Saturday special something like that, uh, as well as the once a month live stream that I've referenced as well. So let me know what you think about that. But if you if you have anything you want to send in for that episode, please please go ahead and get it in. All right, shall we jump in to ride in Wednesdays? I think so. So something that I've been putting off and I'm no longer putting off is. My good old buddy, Blaine Instagram handle, old Blaine is apparently trying to join the long hair life crew, which I'm all about. You know, me, obviously my hair is super long, been long for years at this point, you know, approaching a decade of long hair life. That's kind of crazy actually. So maybe I should do a special on that. Uh, do a, do a special once I hit decade. Now that'll be a couple years down the road, but still that'd be kind of cool. Right. And so he was like, hey, he, he he hit me up, I don't know, a month or two ago I was like, you should do a long hair podcast of just like tips of like something you wish you'd known when you were getting to the long hair life and just anything, any and all advice. And so his basic question is uh, for me, is to looking back on when I was going first setting down the path of getting to of long hair life, meaning growing my hair out, you know, and, and then once I first had long hair, all. What would I, what advice, what tips would I give myself to make that time easier? So first and foremost, there is some level of unavoidable awkward phase and you just have to deal with that. Honestly, like that's, there's going to be a phase where your hair is, and it might last a while. It might last almost a year for me. It was like almost a year because I went from buzz cut and there's going to be an awkward phase. Now you can mitigate it with, uh, I did hats for a long time until my, until, until I developed serious wings, meaning my hair flipped out so far, flipped out like three inches. And I was like, Oh, I look like Dumbo, except it's my hair. And I was like, I should probably switch and made the switch to then like headbands or bandanas. That's a good one. Um, you could also, and so just knowing that going in, just be ready, like try everything out. Like maybe I have to become a hat person. That's the easiest way to control it while it's still kind of like in that in-between phase until what I deem, what I would reference as like until it finally falls to the side, it gets long enough and heavy enough. It falls to the side and and it's not just like this awkward kind of punk rock emo, Justin Bieber, weird link. So kind of from like once it starts getting down to your eyebrows to maybe your chin ish, and then it maybe you can pull it all back or you're at least part it and send it to the sides pretty easily. And so the biggest tips that I have, though, when you're going through and this took me a while to figure out, I only wash my hair one to two times a week, depending on the week, depending on how much I sweat and how oily it starts to get. And everyone's different. Some people produce more oils than others. And some people, you know, have drier hair. And so for me, I kind of have dry, thin hair that doesn't get super oily. And, but you need part of hair health. And especially when you have long hair is letting your hair grow letting your hair produce the natural your scalp produce those natural oils and get them throughout your hair and that's a part of having healthy hair we overwash our hair spit a hair our hair a lot and that actually is damaging and hinders your hair growth and especially for me as a guy being like male pattern baldness watch out trying to duke it out i'm like oh maybe i shouldn't be dousing these chemicals in my head every single day or twice a day. So it might seem kind of weird you might be worried your hair might get a little gross. And so you'll just, each person will be different, but brush your hair out, maintain it. Um, and, and maybe cut back on washing it. If you, if you're a person who I shower every day, okay. Cause I hit the gym every day, but I only wash my hair. I'll put my hair up in a top bun and call it the unicorn bun. And I only wash it maybe once, once or twice a week, sometimes three times a week, depending. just depends, right? Because if you're sweating, if you're doing stuff more active, you're getting a bunch of dirt and grime in it, it's going to get oily faster. And you'll start to learn like, okay, it's getting a little greasy and, and they produce from your scalp too. So something to do is to brush your hair out because the act of brushing your hair actually will work those oils through from the roots to the ends to kind of help spread them out and make your hair healthy. So um, depending on how much you're washing your hair, one thing I would have told myself when I was growing it out still and then also right when I first got it was... You need to, you need to learn to let those oils produce and work throughout your hair. And they're always going to be more in the scalp than they are in the ends, but you can work them through and you'll be able to tell when it gets, when it gets too, um, too oily and like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking like a greaser right here. And when you could slick it back and be like, is that gel in your hair? And they're like, nope, that's just my oil. So I would say really focus on letting your natural, because your body is designed to be able to take care of itself in a lot of ways. And so a lot of these modern amenities that we do, we overuse or they're a compensation because we mistreat something in some way. And so the classic joke, I think from Jim Gaffigan is like, okay, so we start shampooing our hair and they're like, well, now my hair's drying out and it's damaging my hair. And they're like, okay, well then you add this other product to counteract the bad side effects of the first product. <laughs> and It's like, okay, when does this stop? And then I'm going to need a third product after I wash to put in my hair to really help maintain a shape. It's like, so what if, what happened if I just like quit using the products and let my, let my body kind of manage itself a little bit. So it may sound a little bit hippie, may sound a little bit crazy. I'm not saying let it get greaser status, but Maybe cut back on washing. Wash a couple times, wash your hair a couple times <laughs> a week. And just when you shower, you just, you, depending on how long your hair is, it might be kind of hard, but you put it up in a bun or a ponytail, or you just put a headband on, bandana, and you just try and wash your body and not your hair. Uh, hats and headbands, I already kind of referenced, those are huge. In and figuring those out, and I would say so. Sleeves is where I get most of my headbands, and they make great headbands. You, you, there's obviously like junk brand and stuff like that that are all different designs that you can kind of wear stylish. I started with bandanas, but I wish I would have discovered headbands because the bandanas you got to kind of roll yourself. You can customize. You got to tie them, and then you get them fit, and they'll loosen up. But the headbands they're kind of an elastic. And I mean, I have American flag ones, the Hawaiian theme ones. I have these cool just like lightning ones, just different, de- all sorts of different designs. I've one that's like a American flag with like donuts. It has donuts on it. that are de- And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I had one that said like, let's eat. And I was like, this is my, this is my feasting headband. So doing that. And then just being ready to be able to adapt because it will get too long, maybe for where hats are comfortable and where, uh, or vice versa. You may, it may not headbands may not be conducive yet. So something else too, is you can, there's, there's, tons of good supplements out there to be able to, um, biotin is the common hormone that's like in, promotes hair growth. And with that, as well as washing, I would say, even when you're growing it out now, you're, you're talking, I'm a real hypocrite here. I haven't, I can't remember the last time I got, a, I got my dead ends trimmed, but getting your dead ends trimmed. I mean, my hair has kind of reached its terminal length. And so, yeah, it could clean things up a little bit to get, you know, an inch trimmed off to trim off those dead ends. But when you're growing it out in particular, Get those dead ends trimmed. And that'll help promote more continuous hair growth. Well ha- not hell growth, hair growth. <laughs> and and will keep those ends healthy and so to keep things growing and pushing out further. So just maybe um, maybe every, depending on where you're at in the process, every three months or six months. So twice a year isn't a bad thing. And you know, de- once it gets longer, they'll cut off maybe a little more like an inch and, and it won't be as noticeable. But when it's short, you know, that it shouldn't be very much. And if you keep up with it, your dead ends will be very little and you go get it trimmed and that'll keep it. That will also keep it looking better too, as you grow it out. That's something I did not do. And so it kind of looked crazy. And so if you go somewhere like a barber and like, Hey, just trim off the dead ends. I'm trying to grow my hair out. They can trim it off and kind of keep it. And maybe help you come up with different ways to style it at the um, for, for wherever you're at in the process of growing it, and you'd be good to go. And lastly you got to kind of be willing to eliminate some of your shame. Like if like water fountains suck, eating can suck. I get hair. I get so much hair in like my food and drinks and stuff. I still do it. So that's something you'll never escape. You'll have to kind of learn to live with, but you will learn to manage a little bit better. So depending on how long it is, you can flip it to one side and then put it outside an arm. You maybe just have to more s- sit more upright as you eat. You can't, cause I'm a real, I'm a, what you call a shoveler. So I really lean over my plate and hunch over and that's a problem. So I, put my hair back, I would say as soon as you can put your hair back, put your hair back. But a headband a hat, putting your hair back is the best. If it's not quite there yet, there's, you can find them anywhere. There's these cheap little like clips that can kind of hold your hair back and you could just no shame it and just have no shame about it. Go big Lebowski style. And where he puts, he clips. One side of his hair back so he can see as he's bowling, and you could do the same. You could just take a little clip and do that, or you could get, you know, you could you could just kind of clip it. Maybe do a couple, um, I, maybe bobby pins. I don't know. I don't really use those, but you could just kind of whoop, kind of pull it back, tucking it behind the ears. You can do that. Um, any and all of those things work and help but at the end of the day, it's only going to be a mitigating factor It's like when you're playing someone and they have a superstar It's like look we're not going to shut down this superstar on the other team But we can limit him to put more pressure on his team to perform And so that's how you how you game plan. You don't game plan to shut someone down You game plan to to limit them and not let them be themselves and that's the same thing here The hair wants to go everywhere wants to be everywhere. I keep so I have fat wrist. I always keep a hair tie on me. And because I have fat wrists and I can't wear it around my wrist, I do a little double wrap on my, um, off on my right hand, my ring finger. So I have my wedding ring on my other one. I do that on my ring finger and on my other ring finger, I do the, the, the band so I can always put it up. So if I'm out in the wind, I can put it up. I can learn to do the bun. So, um, I would say too, (laughs) if you can, Get to where you can learn to braid. I still have not learned to braid. I'm too impatient. It hurts my shoulders too much. I'm not flexible enough. Whatever. Every excuse in the book, I've got it. And if you can learn to do just some simple braids, I think it would make a huge, huge difference. So maybe be be better than me and be willing to put in the practice. But Blaine, there's kind of my long hair advice that I wish I would have known. Really, I think the biggest one was less less frequent washing. So you can rinse it and get it wet, but as far as shampoo conditioner, and also don't use don't use the two in one or the body wash shampoo conditioner. That's bullcrap. That's fine if you have short hair and you're and you and you don't really care about it. But once you like hair health is key. So go get use some. I use the the Aussie the purple. And it is it is real good. I mean, but just find the one that Tresemme is another good one I like. I don't really like uh, L'Oreal that much. I don't know. It's kind of hit or miss. Pantene as well, not really. But like, uh, I never really use Garnier Fructis. But I don't know. You just kind of kind of play around and see what works for you, and you'll find the stuff like, oh, that makes my hair really soft. And and um, and learning how to wash your hair too. So meaning the conditioner really emphasize putting it on the ends. You can put it in the roots, but conditioner is more about the ends because it's moisturizing. And so. Really taking your time, and you get the conditioner in the shower, and you're just working the the bottom in the bottom half of your hair, basically the ends, and getting it all throughout there. Kind of putting it between your hands and gently doing that. Not running your through your fingers through and you know ripping a bunch out or working out a bunch of tangles. That's aggressive, especially on wet hair. But just gently do it, and you'll find it smooths out and giving it time to set in. So I usually I go in and I start on the hair. Obviously, the shampoo, you can just get in there, massage a little bit, rinse it out. then I put conditioner in, run it through. Then I put my hair, you know, I have my hair, so it's not going to get wet. And I let that conditioner set in for maybe a minute or two, however long it takes. I wash my body, my face, and then, uh, or or suds up at least, and, and, you know, go over that. And then... 30, at least 30 seconds, maybe a minute of that conditioner setting in your hair will allow it to really kind of soak in your hair to soak it in. So it has an effect as opposed to just putting it in and immediately washing it out. Like you do with the shampoo. That was something I learned later on. It's made a huge difference. So, okay. I think that should be all my, all my pro tips on that end. But that's, that's kind of some tips for the long hair life. If you want to do it, it takes patience, it takes grit. You might be thinking, it takes grit? Yeah, it takes grit. Because there's about six months of straight awkward where you hate your hair, it never looks good, and you're like, oh, I just want to quit, I'll just cut it, go back to short. But if you're like me, short hair was never, I mean, buzz was okay, but then if it got much longer than buzz, there, there was no good look for me. And then I found the long hair, and this has been my look. But most people don't have the willingness or ability to get to the point where they can see how they look with long hair. And so I've had lots of friends who they get long hair. I'm like, you look freaking awesome. It looks amazing. So just stick it out. um, stay strong. And at least I would just say, at least get to the point where it kind of falls to the sides. Think like Thor in the first Thor movie, right? About that long, maybe almost touching your shoulders, but maybe not even maybe just above your shoulders, but where it falls to the side, or you can, you know, it kind of, you brush it back and it goes back. and and try that out. If you don't get to that point, you haven't gotten to what I would call long hair. You've had, you've had lengthy hair, mate. Like you, you haven't gotten to having long hair because everything in between growing out really isn't long hair. It's kind of a weird Bob mix. I don't even know what to call it. I don't have a good term for it, but for me, it's not, you haven't fully, you haven't seen full fledged long hair. And so just Stick it out, but hopefully, those some of those tips help and help you out. And Blaine, I wish you luck on your long hair journey. And once you kind of get used to it, uh, I mean. You'll you'll either fall in love or you'll be like you know what I think short hair was for me so you'll find it does get annoying at times and sometimes some days there's like man it would be easier if I had long hair and then I think about all the joy that the long hair has brought me and I'm like yeah I'm better off this way so just keeping perspective is, is the best thing to do so let's move on because we spent probably way too much time on that but Blaine there you go and I might uh, publish that as a clip itself that's another question I have at the end of the episode for you guys all right. So Rachel sends in, she asks me, oh, I forgot to pull this up, how I feel about the new electric Mustang. If you haven't seen it, I'll put a link to it in, it's an electric, and it's technically an SUV now. And it's Ford's new push. Wow. So it... And so it's their push into the electric vehicle range and how I feel about it. Look, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and be like, the car is crap, but in terms of calling it a Mustang, that's where you lose me. It is, okay, it starts at almost 45K. It has the GT performance, 0-60 in 3.5 seconds. It's an electric motor, direct torque, obviously 314 miles of range. That's pretty good. That's probably the top one that has single motor, whatever. And... If you haven't seen them, go take a look. I look at that and it says and I'll read, you know, in their little label say Mustang, I say Mustang. Excuse me? Absolutely not. Like the Bronco Sport, like the Jeep Renegade, sorry Nick, not hating on your car choice. I'm just talking more in a philosophical sense here, right? So like a Bronco Sport is technically a Bronco or a Jeep Renegade is like, well, I have a Jeep because some people are looking to for something where it's like oh, they want the Jeep, right? They want that brand, but they maybe can't or aren't willing to shell out to be to ha- say have what I would call an actual Jeep, you know, um, even though I don't really like it personally as a car. But like the Patriot, um, you know, obviously the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, what am I? There's one. I'm, I can't think of it right now a grand Cherokee. Thank you. Something like that, which I would call legitimate Jeep. Same with the Bronco. Right. And then we're seeing that here with the Mustang. To me, the spirit of the Mustang was the appeal of the sports car of the sleek. Like this is, this is our sports car model is the Mustang. And like, there's a certain spirit behind it, a certain ethos. If you want to call it that and get all philosophical on it, right? Where it's like, this is, this is what it is, right? And then shifting away to this more mom car looking SUV hatchback, because it doesn't, I mean, sure, it looks a little sporty, but I wouldn't reckon, I wouldn't know it from a Hyundai Santa Fe or Mazda, like CX-5, 7, whatever they are, or Ford Edge or Explorer. And like, none of those, those aren't, those aren't your sports car line, right? And so taking the Mustang name, and saying yeah this is our sports car is disgraceful disrespectful and tarnishes the Mustang name because th- what made the Mustang what it is is like they came out with a cool trendy sports car and this is our sports car and there's a certain there's a certain look a certain style and a certain mm, I, I don't know maybe a, a, there's just a certain feeling around like this is our sports car. And so I would say the same is true for like the Bronco, right? It's kind of the rugged off-road cool, um, vehicle. And then you have the Bronco sport that turns it into a, basically a Nissan cube, or it's, it's identical to a Jeep Renegade or a Scion XB. And it's, that is what it is. Now I'm not sitting here saying I hate the car outright. I think EV cool. You want to make it cool. I think the look necessarily, I don't hate. What I hate is that this car Falls under category of Mustang, and then even Mustang GT. To me, it is not a Mustang. And you might be able to make a decently compelling argument, Aaron looking at you, about um a rebuttal to my argument here and say, well, it actually is still sporty and whatnot. But I think they fundamentally moved away from well, because first and foremost, has there ever been a four-door Mustang? Because that's what you have here, I believe. And I'm pretty sure that's what let me just look, right? And, and it's now classified as, yeah, it looks like four doors. It's now classified to as a hybrid SUV, right? And so you, you put it into the SUV. The Mustang has never been an SUV. It's been a car. It's been a sports car. It's been a coupe. So you're expanding the name of Mustang. I would have rather them come up with a new name instead of trying to say, well, it's the, you know, probably the thought process is it's name recognition. And so then they can... With that name recognition, people say, oh, it's a, you know, I still get a Mustang or people say, oh, I've always wanted a Mustang and now I'm getting a Mustang in this form. And it's like, how about no, how about come out with a new name? If you're coming out with such a revolutionary car, why would you, why would you stack it in with your already established line of cars that are sports cars and say, yeah, this is our new EV line of this and say, I mean, they did it with the F-150 Lightning, but you look at that, that's still a truck. It's still very much an F-150. It's just an electric version. This jumps so jumps in so many ways out of the mustang wheelhouse that it's no longer a mustang let's see let's just look well i guess say yeah when you when you do suvs and crossovers the mach e the the mustang comes up it is not an suv and a crossover and same it comes up you know Probably oh Yeah, it comes up under the electrified cars. And then when you look up cars, you have the Mustang. Is there one car? So now they've expanded that. So uh, Rachel, to answer your question, I do not like it. At least I don't mind the car itself. I do not like that it is classified as a Mustang. I don't like that at all. And I think it, it was a bad move on their part to, to tarnish the Mustang name and expand it beyond what it was instead of just making one that was a, that instead of just making a new car line, just coming out with something new, come out with a cool new creative name to me that has a bigger splash. It's like, Oh, Ford now has this their EV. That's cool. Instead of just expanding the Mustang name is silly to me. It's, it's, and it's annoying. So I don't like it. I don't like it at all. All right. Now we've got our rapid fire questions for today. So um, I will say thank you for sending those in. So here we go. Meatballs or peanuts? Mm, I'm going to have to go meatballs, particularly because I'm carnivore. Now, or at least animal based. And so meatballs are more friendly to that diet and peanuts technically are a legume and legumes are not good. And I'm not going to dive into that. If you want to know more about legumes, beans, et cetera, go read the carnivore code or go listen to my episode where I did my book. Oh crap. Book breakdown of it. So I'm going to go meatballs short answer, but I am someone who has loved, loved, and I mean, loved peanut butter. I've always loved peanut butter, and so it's been an interesting shift for me. Not I always had peanut butter; that would be kind of my go-to snack. Peanut butter sandwich would be my go-to quick, quick eat, or I just get a spoonful. Now, no, I I haven't really had any peanut butter in months now. It's been weird, but I've been okay. So, worst car brand. Oh crap! I meant to do some research on that one. Um. Can it be the real question becomes, is it, are we talking discontinued or are they still in existence? If we're going to go still in existence, I'm going to have to go, man, I really don't know. It feels like it probably should be like a Chrysler or something like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about Dodges. Like they have the challenger and then Rams technically aren't Dodges. It's its own brand. I don't know how that works. But Dodges to me, like they they make a lot of stupid looking, like the HHR, oh that's a Chevy, sorry, but the the, the what the Dodge Caliber, the Chargers just turned into a sedan, so it's I don't know, they kind of killed the Charger and are tr- just like they're Ford's trying to kill the Mustang. I'm trying to think of what random brands, maybe Suzuki, like you don't see at least not here, right? And so you don't see many of that, but. I guess when when I go shopping, what do I avoid? That's the real real question of it all. Obviously, there's the luxury expensive, but I don't really hold to... I guess I don't really look at Dodges, like, at all. Dodges, uh, Kia has gotten better. Hyundai, maybe. One that's kind of outside of my wheelhouse. So, I'm going to go with... You might not like me because it's the American-made one, but... I don't know. I think, I think the answer here is going to be Dodges. So that's probably, and then best car brand, obviously the flip side of that got asked. And what is my, what is the best car brand? Well, I'm going to, hmm, best car brand. Now this is interesting. Well, maybe it should be Buick as far as worst car brand. I mean, they're like, I guess they're generally old lady cars. I don't really know much about them. Uh, I think we'll stick with Dodge for now. And we'll let it be as is as far as the worst and best car brand, you know, having just recently in the last couple of years realized that like Lincoln is the luxury line of Ford, Acura for Honda, Lexus for Toyota kind of rocked my world a little bit. And so it's weird because there's, um, there's, what am I trying to say? There's so many good ones out there and so and, and it kind of depends on your preference. So I don't it's hard it's hard to say. but Ford for me they're they're cheaper. they're more affordable but they're maybe not as well made and so but you can get parts everywhere because they're so widespread and that keypad, So you can lock your keys in your car and just run off the keypad. Or if you need to just go grab something out of the car and you don't need to turn it on, you can use the keypad. It's great. That honestly to me is a huge game changer. I would say one of the top tier brands and call me a, call me a fanboy. So, I mean, Mercedes is obviously one of the leading brands and, but they obviously make luxury vehicles. So you get what you're paying for, like you're paying a real high price, but I mean, I think they do a really good job and they're really well made in general but that might be my top tier of the luxury brands. But as far as the regular brands, because for me, you kind of have to tier it. It should be categories, right? It should be like, I don't know if you want to call them entry level or what, but Honda notoriously reliable, but they have some weird models. Toyota also notoriously reliable Chevrolet GMC are kind of brothers in arms. So I really, I don't hold any serious allegiance or have any serious thoughts on this. So, I mean, maybe we could just call it Mercedes and call it good. Maybe I can tell you that like Dodge or like, I mean, Fiat, right? Like it's mainly in Europe. And so I don't, I don't care to have a Fiat at all in here. I think they're worthless. I think their cars sure they have their place. Actually, can I say this for worst car brand, smart car. Because it is a tin can that will absolutely murder you if you get into any kind of wreck. You might say, well, it's sustainable, it's super small, super compact, so it's really good for those reasons. I think it's worse than a motorcycle. Motorcycle, yeah, it may fling you off, but at least you have the chance to be bailed out. But I feel like if you get in any type of wreck in a smart car, you are absolutely crammed, sh- destroyed, smashed inside of there. And they, might, and they might have necessary airbags, but I look at that thing and I'm like, you're, you're crunching it. You're in an enclosed motorcycle. So smart car, worst car brand best car brand, it's hard to say. I mean, what are we measuring here? You know what I'm going to say? I mean, Ford's hard to beat, right? And it's homegrown, but I think I might have to go with Subaru just in terms of, yeah, it's a higher price point, but they notoriously hold their value People who buy their cars keep their cars. And now they offer every they have good entry level now with the cross-trek. They have um and then or top-level SUV now with the Ascent. You have that, the Impreza. They're they're extremely reliable, rugged, and their safety features are next level, sometimes annoyingly so for me. So I'm gonna kind of go all around. I'm gonna give it to Subaru. I think they they've done a really, really good job. And in terms of electric cars, it's no question Tesla. So that'll be kind of one of my top brands, but I really don't care that much. I'm kind of apathetic. I'm like, I I look more at individual cars than I do car brands as a whole, because like some brands could do trucks better. Some uh, trucks and SUVs better. Some brands could do their sports cars better. And there's so many car brands out there. That's just hard to say. So I mean, you can't go wrong with the Germans. The Japanese do a good job. The Americans, we have our place with our muscle cars. Um, some of them are hit or miss. You got to watch out. But all in all, I, th- I think I'm going to have to go with Subaru on that one. So that's, um, that's where we'll leave it at that. So let's continue on. <sighs> How likely am I? This is, this is, I saved this one because I knew I was going to be talking about it this last Monday because I got, I got these questions last week. How likely am I to buy a Polestar? Well, you should know the answer to that. Out of curiosity, if I had the cash and was like Jay Leno's garage style where I had a bunch of cars I'm collecting, I would really consider it. But only if it actually was a car by strippers for strippers, because I would just want to see what that car would actually look like fleshed out. And as it, as it stands, no, I'm not going to. I would buy a Tesla at this point. I, I went and looked on their website and it was pushing up near Tesla range and I've test driven Tesla and he can simultaneously operate SpaceX and still make the best electric cars on the market. So Versus Polestar has to do everything they can to only make a car, and they they're only on their second car, which means they haven't fleshed out a lot of the issues. And Tesla's been around a little bit longer, because you know when anytime anything new comes out, this is why I would say don't buy the first edition of any new models of cars when they do big upgrades, because there's usually bugs and problems that need to be fixed. So you buy the second or third rendition. Now, if you're someone who say has done that, whatever, that's your choice, and it's fine. Usually, it's fine. This is just more of a nitpicky rule in a lot of ways for me personally. So, uh, no, to short answer that. And now I do want to go test drive it and look at it and give it, give it the full chance But really, as I look at it, I'm like, it's I I think pretty quickly you start jumping up around the 50 K range. And yeah, the Tesla I would want would maybe be 55, 60 K, 70 at most. And so you're like, well, it's still a pretty big jump. But it's like to me, once you kind of get over that, like 40, 45, that's in its own cat, like the 45 to 60 or maybe 45 to 70 is kind of a range where i'm like look that's you're in truck you're in suv and you're in uh, that's a that's tier 2 right or maybe tier 3 depending on where you're to your start and how many there are so for me polestar is reaching up on the low end of tesla and you're getting I don't think you're, I think you're getting about the same as a low end of Tesla. So spend a little bit more and just get the Tesla you want. Obviously not like the S plaid or anything crazy like that. That's a totally different category, but no, I wouldn't get a, I wouldn't get a Polestar. star. And then finally, this one comes from Connor. Have I had a, and it's very pointed. Have I had a menu item named after me at a restaurant? No. So quick history lesson for any of you fools out there. There's a restaurant that is no longer in operation, Rip, Deckle and thanks covid I should say thanks government lockdowns. But anyways, he uh Connor's notorious for his I don't even know how to put it. Wait, and i featured some on way back. I did a whole segment on the podcast I would do on every episode on the way to over the top um something, something, something review of the week. And it was his Yelp reviews because he does extra the most extravagant Yelp reviews you've ever seen. It's either scorched earth or it's shining like the sun type golden reviews, right? Like, can do nothing wrong, golden child reviews. Well, he found this awesome barbecue place that was incredible. And so he went in and he hit the character limit on Yelp. It's around 5,000 characters for anyone who's wondering. And that elicited, then, it was so incredible that then everything, every meat mentioned in, because it was a smokehouse in the barbecue place is that was mentioned got turned into a sandwich and it was then named the Connor. I've had the sandwich. It, it was wild and something else. Biggest. It was one you can't pick up and eat. Well, first of all, it comes with chicken pops skewered onto the top of the sandwich. So you have to take those off in the skewer out to even get to it. And it was called the Connor. And it was incredible. And that is now a life goal of mine. After seeing that that is a possibility, I was like, all right, first and foremost, I have to find a place that, it's, that I'd be willing to give that sort of review on. And then hope and pray that it's also a place where they will see that, see how much I love the place. And maybe and I do a good enough job that I can get a menu item named after me. Even if it's just an appetizer. I don't care, but no, I have never had that. I put that question to the audience. though. is anyone else out there? Have you, have you had that? Have you had a menu item named after you? I would be super curious to know and would love to hear the story behind it and where to go and can I go and get it? Because obviously that's something that I want to do. So yeah, that will, that does it for all our write-in Wednesday's qu- Wednesday questions. Obviously we talked about long hair life. We talked about the new Mustang, and then a bunch of rapid fire. So my questions that I pose to you to to write in about and to give me feedback on is, how do you feel about the Mustang? And are you likely to buy a pull start? No, no. Have you ever had a menu item named after you? Or, or do you know someone who has? And uh, sorry, it can't be, I already mentioned Connor. So it can't be him. Just saying, just, just saying there. So, all right. To finish out today's episode, we have an update from... Our frequent contributor and my sister, (laughs) Rachel. We have an update regarding my Norwegian goodbyes. So, without further ado, let's see how I've been doing because I'm a little nervous because I know I've been getting long winded and some stuff. So, I'm really nervous and curious to see how I've been doing. We we try and keep it under five minutes in general. And if we're under five minutes, we're good. So, let's see how I've been doing with my Norwegian goodbyes. Hello, Head Hanyak. I thought I'd give you an update on your Norwegian goodbyes. Episode 290, 4 minutes and 25 seconds. Episode 291, 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Episode 294, 1 minute and 58 seconds. Episode 295, 6 minutes and 47 seconds. Episode 297, 2 minutes and 8 seconds. Episode 300, the big one. 10 minutes and 44 seconds. Episode 301, 2 minutes and 57 seconds. And episode 303, 3 minutes and 5 seconds. He did a little better. Um episode 300 was long-winded, but that's understandable. Okay. Surprisingly good, if I do say so myself. I think that was better than I expected. So 425, 220, 158, 647, 208, 1044, which I've got some thoughts about that one, and 257, 305. So on average, I was below, I was well below. I'll do the math real quick here in a second to see exactly what my average is. But it's definitely dropped from last time. Now, on the note of doing the 300th episode, I'd get for consistency's sake, you you, you figured that one. But to me, that is an outlier. It does not count towards my Norwegian goodbye count. And I will do the math both with... I've done the math both with with it and without that 1044 outro because to me that was a specialty episode it was a live stream there was a lot to get said and it was just kind of like you know it was in the moment it was the party and so to me those episodes are kind of outliers and so I would not count it I do appreciate you taking the time though Rachel thank you as always for continuing to track these for us and keep me honest with my Norwegian goodbyes but this was incredible folks I think I'm doing good I only had one over five minutes outside of the 300th episode, which we said we're not counting 647. So it was, you know, almost two minutes over, but then I had 158, 208, 220. That's awesome. I'm getting real good at this guys. So let's, uh, but real quick, here are the numbers behind all this as far as the averages. So I'm gonna have two averages here. I'm gonna have the first average. We'll, we'll go ahead and count the 300th episode. And then without the 300th episode which 1044, that'll have a big swing and sway in what the average is. But and um, that's that's how this is broken down. So, first set of numbers. Here we go. A is with the 300th episode. So, in total, it was 2064 seconds, which averages out to 258 seconds, which quick math is an average of 4 minutes and 18 seconds for my Norwegian goodbyes, to which I say woo! still kept it under five, even with that 10 minute, 44 second outro, which I believe should not count in the grand scheme of things. But here we are. So without the 300th episode, so for 418, super proud of that. That means I was low enough on all my other numbers to really keep it down. I mean, we were, we were approaching that, but still 418 is pretty freaking good world record mile time type stuff. I think not probably not, but I don't know what that is without the 300th episode our total was only 1420 and i get it's one less so take that with a grain of salt but it's 141420 seconds total averaging out to 202 seconds which averages out to 3 minutes 22 seconds was my average norwegian goodbye on the most recent episodes which, I mean, that reduces it by almost a minute. And I think that's the more accurate, true Norwegian goodbye number. But 322, that might be an all-time best for me. I mean, I've never seen numbers that low on my Norwegian goodbyes, so I'm pretty proud of that. So let's see if we can actually destroy that right here with this Norwegian goodbye. (laughs) Hopefully not. But thank you, Rachel, for tracking those numbers consistently and continually. And I hope you continue to track them and give us those updates. Cause I'm always, I always forget about it. And then you're like, Hey, I've got some Norwegian goodbye updates. And I'm like, son of a gun. I forgot about that. Well, and you come back in and keep me honest and I appreciate that. So Uh, Thank you to that, Rachel. But that is where we're going to close out today's show. You can start your timer, Rachel. Thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde, tuning in, writing in, sending in all of your questions. Remember, if you want to be a part of Write-In Wednesdays, which you all want to be a part of it, you maybe just don't realize it yet, make sure to send in any questions, thoughts, comments, whatever you have by Tuesday, by everybody each Tuesday night to get them in for ride in Wednesdays. You could do it first thing Wednesday morning, but it has to be kind of early. So just a fair warning there. So ride in Wednesdays are for we, it's for us to be a part of the conversation and have a little back and forth and I will address topics you want me to address. So that's how we're doing it. Friday, be on the lookout for a great episode. I just sat, it was a sit down with my friend Grace, who's had an interesting childhood and just has a very interesting, she's a great conversationalist. I'm really excited about it. So remember, go check out the 300th episode. If you have not checked it out, something I mentioned earlier was clipping out the long hair part or making clips of the episodes to the question that I would then post to you is, are you interested in me clipping out certain segments from my episodes? For example, the pole star segment, the, the long hair segment, whatever, right? And posting them independently to get five, 10, maybe 15 minute clips and putting those on YouTube or even on the podcast platform doing clips, right? Maybe on the weekends, post some clips of from the episodes from that week and reference what episode this is from to go listen to that episode. Is that something... Please give me feedback and let me know if that's something that you would be interested in hearing. So you don't have to go listen to the full, here we are almost at 50 minute episode to listen to say maybe just one aspect that you're interested in. You might look at an episode and say, I'm interested in knowing about that, but I don't want to, I don't care about the other stuff. So you turn it off or you it's it's in the middle of the episode and you can't find it and you're frustrated. So maybe start clipping it out. So the questions I have there, whether I should put it on the podcast page or just relegate it to the YouTube and you can go to YouTube, there wouldn't be any visual with it. I would, I would have to develop some visual, but it would mainly just be for the audio purposes, or I can post clips through the podcast as well. You let me know what you want to see. If you want to see clips, I'll start putting some clips out and maybe I'll just go ahead and try and do it, but please send me in any and all feedback you have on that, on anything today. Let me know what you think of the Mustang Mach-E. Let me know what you think of um, or if you've ever had a menu item named after you would love to know any and all. And don't forget to, I'm still looking to build a new trailer out soon and a way to answer the, the fundamental question that people ask, what is this podcast about? That's a question. And so I pose a question to you, the listeners, the Hanya Accord. What do you say this podcast is about when you have to describe it in one to three sentences, a quick summary to someone who says, Oh, what's it about when you recommend it to them? Cause I know you're recommending it to all your friends. What do you say? And send in what you say, your short summary, and I will use your feedback to help me build a new trailer for the podcast because I'm looking to update that and maybe update the description as well. So... That does it for this ride in Wednesday. Thank you, as always, for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. If you're new here, welcome to the Hanyak Horde. And if you've been a contributor before, just know I owe you our, our set our three set of stickers. It's a Hanyak Horde sticker, a Hanyak sticker, and just a generic Rambling Viking podcast sticker. So if you have contributed before or been on the podcast or just sent in a question or a thought, please reach out to me so I can get a good mailing address to send you your stickers that I owe you. So, if you want to go check those out, there at um, you can follow the link as always through the website that takes you to the Mead Hall. It's on Redbubble, and you can go look at that. So, please uh, let me know any and all thoughts. Look forward to hearing back from you. We'll be right, right. We will be back here on Friday for another um, interview with grace, get excited. It's a good one. It's not a blessing from tragedy, but it's just a good conversation. So if you want to be on the podcast, let me know and we can arrange that. But that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, follow, share, make sure you're following Instagram and on YouTube as I may do more live streams, et cetera. That does it though. For me, this is your head, Hanyok signing off.